Oh, man, this is really living. Morning, Starshine. It's Monday, February 8th, 9.20 a.m. Heading into work and got my new hat on. Can you see what it says? Leave it at that. Um, oh, 88,000 coronavirus cases yesterday. Fewest since November 2nd. Also the first time since, I think, November 2nd that we've been under 100,000 cases in a single day when it wasn't a holiday. Christmas Day, Thanksgiving Day. And I believe... After tomorrow, our seven-day average will have dropped another 25% in a week. 24%, roughly. Uh, Worldwide, cases have declined for over a month. It's the first time since the pandemic started that cases worldwide have declined for a month straight. Never know that if you watch the news. I read something yesterday that said that these new variants, the new variant in the United States is doubling every 10 days and it's more contagious. So, wouldn't you expect to see cases at least holding steady if there's a more contagious variant that's being detected in these tests? Could it just be that it's the same number of people and it just happens to be a different variant that are, they're testing positive? It may have already been here. That's why it's showing up in the test. It doesn't mean that it's spreading faster. It doesn't mean that it's creating more infections. As demonstrated by the fact that cases have now dropped since... uh, I have to figure out the math here. Five weeks ago, yesterday, we had 300,000 cases. Uh, Yesterday, we had... Oh, no, I'm sorry days ago, we had 104,000 cases. Five weeks earlier, we had 300,000 cases reported. That's a decline of 65% in five weeks. People are trying to fear monitor because what happens is, if you take, I've done this math a lot, so if you haven't followed along, follow along now, because I think we're at a point now where everything's starting to come into clarity. We have 27 million cases reported in the United States. Previously, the CDC said that anywhere from 8 to 13 times the amount of cases are actually out there. So let's, for argument's sake, say 10. So it's 10x the 27 million. That's 270 million. All right, we got that math? Just with 270 million people having been exposed to this virus, that is that's 84% of the population, roughly. 82.6, I think, if I do my math correctly. Something like that. That Add to that the 40 million or so vaccinations that we've seen, if the vaccine actually does create a form of immunity, which it hasn't been proven to stop transmission of the virus. But just for argument's sake, we'll say 40 million vaccinations. That's 310 million people who've been infected or injected is how I, is how I like to say it. That's 94.6% of the population. 94.8, somewhere in that 94% of the population. 
Now that's probably high. I don't think it's that much. So let's say it's more like 85% of the population possibly. 80% of the population between vaccinations and cases. That's why cases are dropping. Like a rock. It's, it's quite unbelievable actually. But when, when the people who look at the data recognize that they're running out of people who could be exposed to this virus and they have a ton of money out for vaccines that need to get pumped into people, what's going to happen if the cases drop so significantly that people say, I'll take my chances without the vaccine? We're already seeing a decline in interest in the vaccine. I think the last thing I said saw us at 51% or something like that. Like, it dropped. And it's because the news is actually reporting on things. Maybe not the mainstream media, but people are seeing and hearing from their friends about the reactions they got. I think the CDC does keep track of adverse events. And even in their own data, they have reported 51 deaths, which... My percentage is not that high considering there's 40 million vaccinations, but it makes people second guess themselves, just like people who've been afraid of the virus causing them to die, even though the chances of that are very low based on their age uh, profile and their health profile. As soon as people see a number of deaths, we've learned that for the last year, they panic and they have fear, regardless of what the actual rate or calculated chance that is they are scared last number I saw about serious uh, medical reaction which could be anything from uh, inflammation to trouble breathing allergic reaction could be Bell's palsy which we've seen reports of anaphylactic shock, all those things. There's over 10,000 reactions, which makes it a little bit more. People are saying, wait a minute. A friend of mine even said that a relative of his had a really bad reaction to the second dose. So those stories start to spread among real people, not just people who read the news. Real people are getting the vaccine now, which means they, if they have a bad reaction, I'm pretty sure, just like with a Yelp review or uh, a feedback form, most people are willing to share their bad experience before they'll share their good experience. And that's starting to take hold. And the people in charge of this vaccination rollout are aware of that. They're looking at the numbers saying, wait a minute, the cases are dropping like crazy. It's not because of the vaccinations, because only like 8% of the population has been vaccinated. Or now it's probably up to 10, 10% perhaps, um, or more. But that's not why cases are dropping significantly, because we know for a fact that we, they haven't even proven that it stops transmission. So when you add all those things together, how can you encourage the public to continue to get vaccinated when their risk of being exposed to the virus continues to drop? Well, we talk about new variants. We talk about things that say this new variant might be resistant, but the vaccine will at least protect you somewhat. So you might as well get the vaccine. And even if you've had it already, you need to get the vaccine because immunity might only last for a few months, even though most people are starting to say that it could be up to a year or more, just like with any cold virus or with the flu. Um, 
they need to get rid of these vaccine doses pronto. Which also, <laughs> this is just popping into my head now, we're seeing the FDA hold off on the Johnson & Johnson one-shot vaccine dose, approving it, even though Fauci himself has even said this is like the game changer because it's easier for people to justify getting one shot and the effectiveness of this one shot is supposed to be really good because it's not mRNA, which is an experimental um, experimental vaccine. And this is the first time we've been using an mRNA vaccine. It's an actual DNA-based vaccine. Um, so Johnson & Johnson's vaccine is considered to be a pretty, pretty good situation. And a lot of doctors I've heard recommend if you get a vaccine, get one that's DNA-related, not mRNA, because they have more evidence that those things... Uh, how they work long term, etc. But why are why is the FDA suddenly slow rolling this vaccine rollout? Wouldn't you think they would just want to get as many vaccines out there as possible? Or could it be that they're afraid, or their people who they answer to are saying we can't have too many vaccine doses out there because it'll look really bad if we have ten times more vaccines than people who want them? That's what happened with the H1N1 the swine flu. They came out with a vaccine and by the time they had it, it wasn't proving to be that effective and they ended up having to scrap it because nobody wanted it because the virus was disappearing by the time it was actually at critical mass. So these are all things that we need to think. We need to think critically about it. When you see something about a new variant and how it's spreading across the world, Ask yourself this. Why did we only have 365,000 new cases yesterday worldwide? Why, if there are all these new, more contagious virus variants of the virus out there that are scary, why aren't those countries actually seeing crazy increases? Why isn't it spreading like wildfire? Why is it that the case numbers are seeming to follow exactly the seasonal trends of the cold and the flu? I don't have the answers to these things. That's why I dig. That's why I, I look at the data. That's why I'm just genuinely a curious person. But if we can't ask these questions, and we can't because we're being silenced, people who ask these questions are being told that they're anti-science, even though... I would argue that the way I'm approaching this is actually more scientific than what the experts are saying from a podium in front of a government-approved uh, position, a government-approved narrative, if you will. I'm approaching this using the data, logic, and reason, and the history. That's what science is. And if there's no one challenging one person's opinion on the issue, we are at risk of doing something wrong. Because there is no one expert. There is no one single authority on an issue. Science, by definition, is to be challenged, critically assessed, and the job of a scientist is to poke holes in theories. So just call me a scientist from now on. What's up, everybody? It is Tuesday, February 9th. That's right. 9.39 a.m. I'm about to pull into work, but I just wanted to give you guys a quick heads up. I'm still 
working to get reinstated on MailChimp, even though now I kind of don't want to be on MailChimp. Um, I was able to get a hold of somebody where I was able to submit a form. They got back to me. I need to provide all this information to them. How do I get my email addresses, et cetera, et cetera. Listen, I didn't do anything that I knew was wrong. I still haven't been told why I was suspended, but I have to provide all this information to them about where did I get the email addresses that I send to. I need to submit any email addresses that were collected offline. I need to submit the sign-up form. It's ridiculous. I would do live events and print out a form. I didn't save it. I just printed out a form so people could sign the signature. So I need to dig up some past form that shows how I had them sign up and it's just stupid. It's frustrating. However, I was reminded that my website, jeffreydesiato.com or actingrealtor.com has the ability, you can subscribe directly on the website to be notified anytime I post a new vlog. So in the meantime, if you are somehow listening to this and come across this video, I encourage you to go on my website. Don't subscribe with the uh, the place where it says, see, I got to figure this out. There's a place that specifically says sign up to, to keep up to date. That's not where you need to do it. I think there's a different way. If you click on the blog itself, you can subscribe to receive the blogs by email. I'm going to have to modify the website to make that more prominent for you, but that'll be a way to get around the, uh, the mail service issue that I'm dealing with right now. So anyway, I'm parking now. I'm at work and I will talk to you guys later. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, February 10th, 8.50 a.m. and I'm heading into work. Uh, I was able to update my website. So if you go to jeffreydesiato.com or actingrealtor.com, along the sidebar of the website, below the, the banner that rotates between the most recent blog posts, you'll see a little box that says subscribe to the Acting Realtor via email. Put your email address in there. That way you'll get a notification every time I up I post a new episode. I won't spam you, don't worry. Uh, but that's uh, going to be my workaround for the MailChimp thing until I get answers on that. So I encourage you to do that. If you enjoy this content, they will not always be kind to people with conservative viewpoints. People who are truth seekers who question the, the overwhelming media narrative. Um, so I encourage you to go to my website, sign up that way as well, as long as that's available to you. Um, saw that yesterday there was 95,000 cases. So that's three straight days below 100,000 cases, which is the first time since I believe the end of October that that's been the case straight days under 100,000 cases. So I'm just praying that we'll continue to see. Um, over the last five weeks, it's been an average of about a 34, I think it was 34,750 case reduction in the seven-day daily average. Um, so hopefully those trends continue. Uh, I'm hoping that we get to an average of about 85,000 daily cases this week. 
and perhaps uh, down to 70,000 70, cases the week after that if everything continues to drop the way it has been. Uh, which these are all good things. We haven't been under 70,000 cases uh, for the week. Or we haven't been at 70,000 cases for the week since July? Or that was the last time we were at that amount and then it dropped again. There is good news out there if you choose to look for it. Don't let... If you're watching the news and you feel anxiety and fear... I was talking to somebody at work about this. They were asking me, how do you know... How do you decide who to trust and who to listen to when it comes to news? And the simplest way I can describe it is... If the person is providing information that is beneficial to the... To themselves... Uh, I question it. If someone is saying something that is putting them in jeopardy or putting them at risk of losing something, whether it be a job or, um, you know, credibility, whatever it may be, I tend to perk my ears up a little bit because why, unless they believe that what they were saying was the absolute truth, why would they risk everything? Those are people that we have to take a second look at, um, we also have to look at the experts and see, do they benefit from the information that they're providing to us? Do they have financial ties? Do they have, um, you know, for example, the news. They know that very soon Donald Trump will not be in the news cycle anymore. They know that he was their cash cow. They also know that COVID is giving them a lifeline because people are watching the news to find out what's going on with COVID. The fact that cases are plummeting is scaring the crap out of news organizations because they know once COVID goes, they're done. Their business model is such that they will not survive. You're already seeing people stepping down, getting laid off, getting fired. You know, they're, they're shuffling their, their lineups and things like that. They know. So if a news organization is putting forth fear-based content, it's to keep your eyeballs on the product, to keep their advertisers happy so that they can stay in business. So just remember that. When you start to see like things about new variants and all that stuff, as I said yesterday, if these new variants are so much more contagious and they're spreading like crazy doubling and all this stuff that they're trying to say, then shouldn't cases at least be holding steady worldwide? Shouldn't we see an increase in cases worldwide? We're seeing a decrease in cases worldwide at a scale that we haven't seen since the pandemic began. So don't listen to a news anchor who's being fed what to say through an earpiece. Look at the actual data yourself. Click don't read an article that summarizes something. Find the source that they're summarizing and read the entire thing. Do the extra step. Read more yourself. You are smart. You have logic and reason that you can apply. You have a mind that God gave you. Do the work. There, you'll be shocked to know that oftentimes when people cite studies and, and write something, if you actually click on the study that they're citing, it says nothing of what they are spinning it to be in their article. It's pretty amazing how they say that. For instance, here's just a quick example. 
Congressional Budget Office came out with their their findings if minimum wage was to be raised to fifteen dollars an hour. And some news art organizations said if we raise fifteen, according to new Congressional Budget Office report, raising the minimum wage will lift nine hundred thousand people out of poverty. That's great. Sounds awesome. But you might be surprised to know that that same report said that it would lead to 1.4 million jobs being lost. Now, I don't know about you, but 1.4 million people without a job puts you way below the poverty line. So, it's all about how it's spun. Do the work yourself. Don't rely on a news media that crafts a narrative. We don't have news organizations anymore. We have narrative organizations. They are explaining to you what you think or what they want you to think. Do the work. Every time a news anchor says something, question it. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm saying question it so that you can verify if they're telling the truth or not. You'd be shocked to know how many people in this world voted based on a lie, based on several lies. Just do the work yourself, please. We'd all be a lot better off if people stopped listening to the news, started reading, started actually doing their own investigative work. Hey everybody, it's Friday, February 12th, and I am door dashing, or I did. I'm now heading to visit a uh, family member, I'll say, in the hospital. They had uh, had to go to the hospital unexpectedly, non-COVID related, but uh, they'll be having surgery and... I figured I would stop by to visit them since one visitor at a time is allowed and uh, I'm free. I don't have to be at work until 1.30 today. Today is the opening of Queen Esther. Uh, we have shows today. Tomorrow, I won't be doing shows because I took the day off. Uh, and then we have shows just like on the weekends for the next couple weeks some additional rehearsals and that's it that's what's going on that way um things are going well other than that and i will encourage you once again to visit my website there's a spot on the right hand side very you know right below the banner that, that scrolls with the most recent blog posts. There's a spot that you can subscribe via email to Acting Realtor blog posts, which are the episodes. So uh, that would be the best way to bypass while MailChimp is still uh, blocking me from sending to my new my uh, mailing list. To be honest, I've just been dragging my feet. Uh, I have been busy with work and getting ready for the show and everything. I've been out of the house for like 12 hours a day so that's the last thing I want to think about or worry about when I get home I just want to relax eat dinner and chill <laughs> uh, but once I get back into a normal work schedule uh, I'll try to address that I don't know if it's uh, a fight worth or, or 
that if it's a fight, I'll be able to win. But uh, we'll see. Uh, I noticed that we had been four straight days under 100,000 cases. And then today I looked and they reported 104,000 cases yesterday. So, And I looked at the day before, they backdated a bunch of cases that weren't there. So I'm sure it was like some data dump, which we're all familiar with, to put it up to back up to like 170,000, this one anomaly. And usually when that happens, it's because of past cases that come flooding through. It's not an accurate... It's not accurate to see what the actual um, new cases are because a lot of states will do these backdating of cases that were from before and there's they're coming through and they dump it out. So they, they change the, the number of cases in the day, uh, which is to be expected because they're trying to counteract the fact that it's dropping like a rock. Uh, but hospitalizations continue to drop. Um, this is the steepest decline in new cases that we've seen since the pandemic began. And hospitalizations are almost back to where they were um, with the two previous peaks, like back in March and April of last year. And then in, I think it was July, so we're back down to that, which is good. Uh, CDC recommends double masking in certain cases, which is hilarious. Um, they tested on mannequins and that's not a good way to test if it's healthy and safe for human beings FYI there hasn't been one study that I found yet to see if masking has any damaging effects which should tell you all you need to know they don't want people to know if masking could potentially harm them for long periods of time so they're not doing those studies. Instead, they're doing studies on mannequins, which is just, that's not science. Um, they also came out and announced that if you've, if it's been two weeks since your second dose of the vaccine or first dose for a single dose vaccine, then, and you've been exposed to the coronavirus, you don't have to quarantine uh, as long as the vaccine was within the last three months. So they're trying to make it as though they're giving you freedom back. No word yet on if they're going to change that guidelines if you've already been infected. Because, as Merck has said, Merck came out and stopped their vaccination pursuit. And they're going to focus on treatments because they said that the immunity that they were seeing or the that basically if you have the virus and recover, that that immunity was stronger than what they were pursuing with vaccination immunity. So they're going to focus on treatments. So I would think that if you've been infected with COVID, you're fine. Because that's how it usually works with stuff. Um, but that's why they're they're drumming up the, the, the new variant talk. You mean like the fact that there's a respiratory virus that goes around every single year? You mean like those types of variants? The fact that you can't cure the common cold because it's a different variant every year. It's so funny how people are talking about things as though this is like all new. This is all new science that we've never seen before. The fact that you need a flu vaccine, every, not need, but they, they try to get you to get a new flu vaccine every year because there's a new variant of the flu. We're not idiots. Stop treating us like we are. 
there was always going to be different variants of this virus, just like there always is variants of coronaviruses every year. We just decided to focus on this one this year. <sighs> what is it more severe than past coronaviruses? Possibly. Um, we're still, the jury's still out on that. We still don't have an answer about if there's been more fatalities this year than any other year. Or I should say in 2020 than any other year because it's 2021 now. Anywho. Uh, yeah, that's where we stand. And I can't wait for it to warm back up. What's up, everybody? It is Tuesday, February 16th. And it's about 4.35 in the afternoon. I had a real estate settlement this morning, which I'm very thankful for. And uh, it was a long time coming. Started the process, went under contract November 27th, and we settled today. That's a long time. So uh, I look forward for that money to help us pay off our debt. And um, we are on track, man. We are definitely on track God has provided. The goal is to be debt-free outside of our mortgage by the end of this year. And I think we're on track for that, which is exciting. Um, picking up my wife and kids. We're going to visit my mom. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm sitting outside of their school. So... Uh, going back to work for rehearsal tomorrow, and then I'll be... Uh, supposed to have a lot of snow on Thursday, so I don't know what I'll be doing. Um, but we don't have rehearsal uh, or shows on Thursday or Friday, and then we'll have three shows on Saturday. It's kind of a lighter schedule for February since um, there's not as many people buying tickets in February because they're not normally open in February. So, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, there was the fewest recorded cases yesterday since October 18th or something. Um, the seven-day average from last Tuesday to this past Monday was 85,000 cases, uh, which is a drop of 25,000 cases from last week, as I predicted. It's always encouraging when I look at numbers and trends and then I say, ah, we'll be around 75, 85,000 uh, cases on average next week based on the current trajectory, and then, bam, 85,000 cases. So that's encouraging. And then to have it drop significantly, um, so significantly, uh, it was only 53,000 cases yesterday, which is low. <laughs> it's uh, one-fifth of the cases we've had, we had in the beginning of January per day. One-fifth. That's insane. So, things are trending in the right direction. Hopefully our freedoms will come back, or at least we'll be able to take them back. Happy Friday to y'all. It's Friday, February 19th, 12.15 in the afternoon. And I am DoorDash Grubhub. That's right. Uh, we had a number of shows get canceled because of lack of ticket sales in February. So over the next couple weeks, I only have a couple days of shows. So I'll be driving in between. Uh, 
settlement went well on Tuesday and uh, was able to pay down some more of our debt, which is exciting. Also, get closer to our goal of being debt-free, aside from our mortgage this year. <clears throat> Still trying to refinance our mortgage with Quicken Loans. Uh, I will say that Quicken is not an appropriate name anymore for them. Just keep running into issues, so I'm hoping that that will happen eventually so we can uh, lower our monthly obligations. Just trying to do our best to uh, position ourselves to have <clears throat> as little bit of a monthly expense as possible um, so we're not enslaved to these uh, bills if life changes again like with COVID or something bigger um, we just want to be in a, in a good position financially um, but for all of that to say <clears throat> uh Cases keep dropping. Uh, my friend sent me an article from the Wall Street Journal, which I haven't read yet, but basically it's saying we'll have herd immunity by April, uh, which is kind of what I've been predicting, just based on the numbers and the fact that everyone's trying to push the vaccination as the only way to get to herd immunity, which is just scientifically inaccurate and dishonest. <clears throat> um, I figured even if cases, it's only, you know, every confirmed case is one out of six, meaning there's six cases, that's a conservative estimate, six cases for every one confirmed case, um, if you take that number and then look at how many people will have been vaccinated by April, you get to over 80%, 83% who've either been infected or gotten the vaccine. That's herd immunity, whether you want to admit it or not. Um, Anybody who wants to say that if you get it, you can still get it again. They even said that you, the vaccine doesn't keep you from getting it. So uh, it just is supposed to prevent it from getting too bad. So we just have to think about things. We have to look at data. We have to read. We have to get to the truth and not just listen or read the headline in a Facebook post or, uh, or however that's going to be. But basically, <clears throat> cases in the last six weeks have dropped 77%. It's a huge number. It's the most significant drop in the shortest amount of time since the pandemic began. And cases are dropping worldwide. It's not just local. And I believe it's because fewer people... I believe, one, <clears throat> we had the misunderstanding that every single person was equally susceptible to this virus, which is not true. Two, we needed to recognize that it's not... Um, there, there are way more people that have already had it and didn't even realize it. So that's that's the next thing that's important. So we're the the virus is running out of people to infect. Essentially, um, if people have a built-in T cell immunity or cross immunity for previous exposure to coronaviruses, that's a plus. People have already had it and not realize it. That's another plus. So we need to get out, get away from the idea that the only way this virus stops is if we have a vaccine and everyone in the country is vaccinated. That's never been the case with any any virus that we've ever had. Um, it usually just works its way into the population and becomes a seasonal virus. It's just the way it is. And I hate to tell you that, but it's true. What's up again, everybody? It's closer to 2 o'clock now. I just wanted to continue some thoughts that I had. Um, with the cases plummeting and the news having to shift the story, 
I'm seeing a lot of talk about variants. Everyone's talking about it. The reason they're talking about it is because they know if cases drop to, I don't know, 10,000 a day, if they continue to drop, right now we're average, this week we'll end up averaging around 65,000, 70,000 cases a day, which is low compared to where we were just six weeks ago. It was around 250,000 a day. Um, people know that if they can see the light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to this pandemic, then they aren't going to feel the urge to get vaccinated, which means that the government is going to have a stockpile of this vaccine that isn't necessary. That's why they're talking about variants. That's why they're trying their hardest to say, oh, we think it's going to help with the new variants. We think so, because they need to use up that product. Big Pharma needs to get its, its payday. All you have to do, if you want to see something, and you hear about this UK variant, you hear about the South African variant, you hear about the Brazilian variant, go look at the cases in those countries. You might be shocked to see that they are plummeting as well. The way they talk about these variants that are coming, they're like, oh man, this is it, man. That you, It's like getting a whole new virus. Doesn't matter if you had it before, doesn't matter if you had the vaccine, you're going to get it. Sorry, I had to stop what I was doing because some crazy person was flipping me off in the parking lot, even though I was coming to a stop. Uh, I think they they were just wandering, so I think they weren't all there. And they just kept shaking their head and gesturing as though they were talking to me. I don't know. <laughs> it's a fun day. But anyway, um, what I was saying is you would expect the way they're talking about how terrible these variants are and how they can increase the likelihood that you're going to die without any real evidence. Basically, they're looking at this new variant and they're saying, wow, look at how the cases went up. And this variant, it's not the same variant. So it must be that the fact that it's more contagious, the fact that it's more deadly because deaths and cases went up and this is a new variant. That's not really science. That's not how you figure something out. It's a way to spread fear is what it is. You would think that if these were so deadly and so dangerous, I'm going to put this down for a second. I'm going to keep talking if you can hear me. If they were so deadly and dangerous, then those countries should be seeing spikes in cases and deaths. Well, guess what? They're not. They're plummeting just like they are in the U.S. That's right. Cases are plummeting in those three countries. Sorry. This is my gross fingers. So don't buy the lies. They are trying to scare you so that you get the vaccine even if the numbers are showing that the pandemic is coming to an end. That's the truth. It's, I mean, like, what else would they be? I saw an article that had the gall to say that these new variants could lead to the, the most deaths we've seen during the panic, pandemic in the summer and fall. You're joking, right? Like, that is the most insane rhetoric I've, I've seen during this entire pandemic. It's like, we know that the cases are dropping 77% over six weeks, but we're going to see the worst deaths we've ever seen come this summer and fall. No, we're not. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just not the way it works. If that were true, we would still be talking about H1N1. If that were true, we would still be 
uh, talking about every single respiratory virus that's ever come through the system. If we've been exposed to it and we've recovered, we have a level of immunity to it. That is science. This is the first time that there's ever been a virus that if you caught it, recovered from it, that we've been told that that doesn't matter. It doesn't protect you at all. It's nonsense. Nonsense. Stop believing the fear mongering. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Acting Realtor Podcast. If you like what you heard, I encourage you to subscribe. You can also leave us a rating or review. That will move us up the chart so other people can find out about the show. I also encourage you to check out actingrealtor.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well.